PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by Tim Lacombe, Utah Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, former BYU assistant coach and a Utah staffer. Tim, good morning. Good morning. Good to be with you guys. Normally, we have you on and ask you about the greatness of the Jazz. But now, they've gone one and two on a road trip, and they were three and three in their last six. <gasps> Should people be panicking, gasping, or it's all fine, about to iron it out, about to beat Philly in a statement game, and you're feeling good, actually, because of uh, how mad Quinn looked on the postgame. Um, you know what? It's uh, the, the, the last couple of games, obviously, I think they speak to – um, and I don't know if it's mental fatigue, physical fatigue, but, um, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever been runners, but you, you know, you get out, pick your spot and start your run and everything's great. And the minute you see your destination, it's when it becomes really difficult to finish. And, uh, I, I think that, you know, they're seeing right now, the break they're seeing the barn. Uh, I think it's human nature to, to ramp it down. It's amazing how many games they've condensed into, uh, you know, most of the time you're playing four games a week, counting Sundays. So it's been, it's been a crazy good stretch. Uh, I don't necessarily take a whole lot of, of, you know, concern from it, but I think my biggest, my biggest take is defense, the defensive uh, execution, energy, effort, whatever you want to call it. There's been some slippage there, and I do think that that is the linchpin to this team. I think that it has to be, you know, defense kind of makes everything else okay, um, and I think that they've just got to tighten down some some things defensively and, and get back to having that be something that across the board is really, really important. So the flip side being you don't have much concern on the offense, figure that the offense is going to be there most games, if not all games, in one form or another, so they'll be able to score? Yeah, I think I think they've got plenty of of weapons offensively, and they got a great identity. And you know, even the other night in the loss, they got forty three threes up. Um, it was just uh, it was really frustrating. It was very similar to the Miami game in terms of not being able to get or string together stops. And um, you know, it it seemed like for a good part of that second half, uh, New Orleans was taking the ball, doing whatever they wanted with it, getting wherever they wanted, and scoring. Um, and you know, the jazz put up some, some crazy good fight and, and really, as opposed to letting that thing get totally out of hand, just like they have the competitive effort and juices there. It's just, uh, to me, it's just kind of locking in, um, more to the game plan. Cause I think the game plans have been dead on and doing a better job of just making defense the, the number one priority. So is the biggest problem on defense just guys on the perimeter staying in front of their guy? You know, I think that's a simplistic version of it. But, you know, the, if you take the New Orleans game the other night, um, majority of the night they had a, a non-shooter, um, you know, and I know Ball's actually gotten better. So, But I'm talking about Adams' guy. Uh, whoever's guarding Adams, you know, it was imperative. Quinn talks all the time about offensive spacing, but defensive spacing is just as important. And, you know, if you, if you get too strung out uh, or 
you 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 know you kind of byproduct of being too strung out or, or not in the right spot you give up you know a drive is is on the guy who's getting driven and but it's also on the guy who supposed to be kind of in a presentation or a protection uh, stance and, and be able to show a crowded floor to the guy with the ball in his hands. So I think, you know, Quinn mentioned a little bit of that in the post game, but I think more than anything, it's, it's attention to detail. It's focus. Um, again, I don't think the jazz are, are physically fatigued per se, but I think there's a whole lot of mental fatigue um, and a lot of things that, you know, human nature, you've got one game left and you got a week off. Um, it's hard to always attack those last few the way you did the first few. Well, Ken, I argue you have a week off, so give me everything you got on this game because you don't have to play again for another nine days. I, I, I'm totally with you, 100% with you. And, and I think with Philly, it being Philly tonight um, and, the, you know, the first half they've had and, Obviously, we'll see if Embiid plays. I would imagine he will be in at home. But, um, you know, I, I think the Jazz will have will have a ton of, of energy going into this one. Also, Philly played him really good here. Um, so I, I think that, you know, the last two losses were a byproduct of what I talked about. Um, but I think today will be interesting because the focus – is really on one game, and you know, let's see, let's see what kind of defensive energy and effort. I just think it's so important because we've talked, you know, ad nauseum about how good this team is offensively, and I think, you know, part of the reason they very rarely get beat very badly is they have that ability to stay with a team even when they're not getting stops. Um, but this team's calling card has been like ten all runs, and yeah. its ability to hold that other team to a zero. And that Miami game and this New Orleans game, it was just different because they were scoring and it didn't seem to really bother the guys on the court. And that's different than what I've watched the rest of the year. So they've just got to, they've just got to tighten some things down more than anything. So when you, uh, when you watch the defense, are there a couple guys that you really key off who started or is it a whole group thing? No, I think it's more a group thing. I think, um, you know, I think Rudy is the guy most nights that's going to be in the right spot, and he's kind of the captain of that defense. He's calling out coverages in ball screen. Um, I really do believe it's just the difference between, you know, and part of it, DJ, is guarding your guy, guarding your yard, guarding two, a guy two feet either way. Because if you can do that, then help is really not needed anyway, but very few guys in the NBA, you know, with as powerful and as talented as, as players are can consistently do that. And so that's why you need help. And all those help guys got to be in the right spot. And then the other piece of it is the jazz got to do a great job of finishing possessions, you know, not giving up. They've, they've been dominant on the class. It's been one of the areas you look at and new Orleans, beat them by 14 on the glass. So to me, it's just an absolute um, flip of what really has made them good. I think them being, you know, the best defensive team in the league and the best rebounding team in the league has really caused for most of the first half 
uh, has caused the, the offense to get all sorts of easy opportunities on the open floor. And really what we've seen in the Miami and New Orleans game is a lot of those are cut down because they're just not getting out and running, getting out and rebounding, and defense isn't starting all that stuff for the offense. So what can they do, or do you have much concern, maybe is a better question, as far as Joe Ingles uh, when Conley's back? You know, when Conley's out, Joe's been really, really good. Then he had a goose egg the other night there uh, in that loss and didn't do much of anything. And so I'm wondering, you know, is there is there a level of concern that Joe is not involved as much? And then he has been pretty good, but I can argue that Monday night was his least involved game of the season. Yeah, it was weird. Not to, it, it didn't seem like he was even there. Um and Jake and I commented about this. I think, um, you know, with Conley kind of coming and going, it really, more than anything, it affects Joe because Joe gets in a rhythm. And, you know, he's had plenty of good games coming off the bench. And he's been really aggressive, and he's made things happen, you know. Um, the the times where, you know, like there's an extended absence or, or like this last one where, where Mike missed a couple, I think it's hard on Joe to get back into a rhythm of to what he, you know, what, what his role is that day. I don't think the role changes whether he starts or comes off the bench, but I think that's something to watch because I actually made that comment the other day that, you know, Mike can kind of come in and go, um, then everybody else can kind of build around it. Joe's Joe's a real luxury to be have a guy that you can really feel comfortable putting in the starting lineup on a whim, and he's going to go out and do a great job. So I think that's just something to monitor. I, I don't worry about it because, like you said, PK's had big games on both sides of it, where he's been the, the starter or where he's come off the bench. I think more than anything, it's maybe those transitive times where, you know, Conley's been gone for a little bit. Mike's gotten in – or sorry uh, – Joe's gotten into a role and then that changes quickly. And I don't know how great, you know, Joe is at trying to, to juggle that because he's always such a team dude. Um, but that would be my only, that would be my only insight on that is, is it's typically one of those transitions that, you know, sometimes he gets a little bit lost. It just seems like when Conley is out, it's either he or Donovan who's going to initiate the offense. And that means a lot more pick and rolls for Joe to run. He's going to oh, get yeah. shots, and he's going to get assists. But when he goes to that bench unit, especially going back to what you said earlier, if they're not running, then he's not working his magic in transition. And if they're in a set offense, there's a lot of position, possessions where he's in the corner and Jordan Clarkson's working his magic. Well, if Jordan's working his magic, the odds of Joe getting the ball, getting a shot, his guy's not leaving him to help. I mean, he's, they're just not. So he's pretty much on track for a goose egg. He's going he's gonna to look pretty passive sitting in the corner, but I just don't know that that's going to change. Jordan's been made too big an impact to take the ball out of his hands, so you're in the corner watching. I think there's probably, there's probably some time you can carve out. I mean, that's what's beautiful about this team is there's a couple different guys. I mean, that really is a luxury. You know, you think of, of the years, if Stockton didn't have the ball in his hands, um, we weren't really initiating offense, uh, and and that's I love how that game's changed. And there's plenty of guys that can initiate it. I think Joe's really really valuable in the pick and roll, and much like um, 
you know, you see sometimes when, say, Bojan's struggling in the very first play of the game, uh, Quinn does a great job of running a play for Bojan to get him going, get him a basket. There may be something to that with Joe. Um, you know, when he comes into the, into the game, whether, you know, as you mentioned, as he's starting, he's getting a lot of those opportunities. But coming off the bench, it may not be a bad thing to, you know, get him a couple of ball screens right out of the, the shoot just to get him acclimated and, and get him seeing things and get him kind of on attack. As far as college goes, how much do you have BYU beating Gonzaga by next week in the West Coast title game? Oh, man, I'm still working on the number. Um, I do think that the, um, even though Gonzaga's number one in, in with Baylor, you know, uh, losing the game, if they're kind of number one by a ways now. I think the gap between BYU and Gonzaga throughout the year has is really lessened. Um, I don't know that I'm ready to to call a win yet. Um, I, I got, I know I got some time to sit on that. But <laughs> I will say I love the way BYU's playing right now. Um, I think that, you know, Harm's got Defensive Player of the Year, and I think that that's the piece that I talked about from the beginning. Is he's just he's kind of a game changer in that league. You don't see uh, guys, you know, unless they're from Gonzaga, you don't see guys affect the the paint that much. Um, so I think Harms is, is a guy who is kind of a neutralizer rim guy. Um, but I think Barcelo's just been on a toward pace, and, and Averett's been great, and Loner has played his best basketball of the year. Um, so I think BYU's trending up, whereas Gonzaga's obviously been up for a long time. Um, but I don't think it's totally out of the question, especially on a neutral site with no fans. That'll be interesting to see. So the Aztecs and the Rams are tied atop the Mountain West, a half game in front of the Aggies and a game up on the Broncos. How many teams are getting in? Which ones have a better chance? Has anybody locked anything up, or is everything in the balance here in the final week in the conference tournament? No, I think that's where we are there. Um I'm surprised to see Boise get beat last night um, at home to Fresno. Uh, so they've kind of hit the skids. And uh, Utah State's going to have to go do what Utah State does, win the tournament to get in. Is that what you guys feel like? Well, I wondered if you thought they could get in by getting to a conference final, if that was good enough, because they'd get another quality win. Now they'd have to take another loss, too, so that might sink you know, them. I don't know. Um there's so many. I like. I was talking to Eugene Gordon this night, and he's at St. Louis, and he was getting packed for the uh, for their tournament. And you know, he's sitting there because they're on the bubble. They they had an unbelievably good start. They got COVID, and they were awful coming out of COVID, uh, like most teams have been. So I think what's interesting is the number of teams that really are bubble on the bubble this year. Even teams that haven't played a full slate of games. Uh, it's, that's going to be the interesting piece of this, and so I think it is important. I, I would, if I were at the Aggies, there was no way I would be comfortable unless I freaking won, won that thing. And, and what's great about it is Craig's done that. You know, he's done it two years in a row. Now he may may need to see if he could get Sam Merrill to come and change his number and name and see if anybody will notice um, because Sam was kind of instrumental in winning those things, but. Uh, that, that's what the in my mind. That's what the Aggies got to do. They got to they got to go on a big run, and they you know why not go down and win the thing? If they're going to hold the tournament, you might as well win it. 
that you line think never Pope is for, that, that line never worked for me, but maybe it will for them. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know who would uh, use that. Is Pope all in every year on all these transfers? I mean, you you look at him, man. He's starting four of the five guys are transfers. Well, you know the thing that that Mark said he'd do, and and so far he's doing is. Uh, you know he's going to do things a little bit different, and I think that his uh, his approach of beginning players in there and mixing them has been awesome. And I think really the hurdle to, to transfers is really kind of been lifted because you know the way that they're talking. I mean, transfers are going to be a huge part of everything. The, the one piece they probably need to to take away if they're going to open up transfers to everybody one-time transfer anywhere, you probably need to stop having handshake lines because that is just an absolute meet-and-greet networking area <laughs> where coaches can be like, man, I really like what you did. In fact, you look great in these unis. Um, here's my card. <laughs> I guarantee coaches are going to carry cards in the line. and The coach of the current team will be like, walk back, he'll have a stack of cards and be like, oh, no, they're coming after him too. Um. So the only guy you'd trust in the handshake line would be Steve Alford then because he'd probably be airing guys out? Well, yeah. I mean, the bottom line with Steve is he didn't tell you the truth. (laughs) (laughs) He ain't going to try to – he told Tavenar exactly what he thought of him. Um, But anyway, I I forgot where we were going. Uh, Transfers. And so I I think that, you know, the one thing Mark's done, he's done a great job of of understanding what the – you know, the local fishing hole and, and the understanding that you got to get the best players around here. But, you know, he just went and signed a kid. They just went and signed a kid from Africa. Um, and they're doing a great job of of, of figuring that out. Um, I know there's some things changing at BYU, too. You know, they're, they're not as sticky about a guy having a little bit of facial hair or, uh, you know, I think that things are maybe relaxing a little bit. And so... If you know, and time kind of fixes everything, and I'm all in on whatever Mark's doing because he's doing a, a really, really good job, and the level of basketball is awesome. Well, Tim, as always, we appreciate it. We will uh, we'll hear you on the broadcast tonight. The Jazz and the Sixers. What, can I get you guys' take first? What, did Jazz win tonight or lose tonight, DJ? I think Quinn was pretty furious. I think he's going to be into him. I, I'm going to give him a W tonight. I thought his post game that was that was not a Quinn we see very often. And that will be a I mean a monumental W. You know, going into the break because this team's really good and well, well thought of, and there seems to be some kind of bad blood between the two. I don't know why, but it's kind of fun. Monumental W's. That's what I'm after every day in my life. Yeah, but are you going to get it? Unlike the golf course when you play with me. Well, that's oh, good. wait, you did like beat eight me. Strokes a hole. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was a monumental W for you. But what are the Jazz going to win tonight? <laughs> they're going to win. Of course, they're going to win. They're going to win by twenty-two. Mark it down. Book it. Go to Windover now. All right, I'm filling up my tank in about ten minutes. You guys need anything okay. from out there? Meet me in Tooele. All right. Window. It's only twenty miles out. 700 miles back, whatever the ad says. <laughs> Wendover, Wendover, send Timmy right over. 
Yeah, you know I'll have to sit and play blackjack if I do that. Tim, as always, we appreciate it. And uh, you don't have long pregame show at four today. I know. Early yeah, side. that means I get home earlier. So, yep. All right, guys, thank you so much. All right, thanks, appreciate Tim. You. Tim McComb, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Yogi Roth, Pac-12 Network Analyst, coming up at 8, or at 9, sorry. Pre-game starts at 4, so on Monson's birthday, he's only got to work two hours. Yeah. What a a gig. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Tim Lacombe. You can do everything perfect against this Jazz team, but they really do have the versatility to flip your script on you and hurt you another way. That's the part of this I've been really impressed with Quinn and his staff is they have a game plan in place. And where Quinn has been unbelievably good is they get into that locker room and they come out in the third quarter and they have seen what this team's doing. Maybe some wrinkles they didn't prepare for and the Jazz have been so good coming out of the half it does take a great effort to beat this team and you know that's just to beat them one time you get into a series we all know how those series go it's all momentum but at the end of the day it's a deeper team uh, and more talented team obviously will prevail so that bodes well for the Jazz Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network DJ and PK brought to you in part by Zero Res. Dirt, dust, dander, and allergens. No match for Zero Res carpet cleaning. Want the contaminants gone? Call Zero Res. Right now, just $33 per room to get your carpets Zero Res clean. Minimum supply. Call them at 801-288-9376 or schedule online. Zero Res carpet cleaning. PK, what do you get the guy who has everything? What do you get Gordon on his birthday? The guy who even has a short radio show on his birthday. I, I think, I don't know where you purchase it, but I'd probably get him a clue. Oh, wow. It's on, huh? You trying to get it's him to call in? It's never off with me. It's <laughs> never off. What do you mean it's on? <laughs> Sometimes it's off. Yeah, when I sleep for those three and a half hours. A clue. <laughs> uh, I guess maybe a printed newspaper. Boy, Ooh. what a dinosaur, huh? Old school. Yes. Kids Old back school. in the Too day. Old, yeah. <laughs> there were what people, a remarkable transition. There were people driving around the neighborhood throwing paper in a plastic bag on your driveway. Before that, there were kids. I used to do that. There were kids on bikes before that. I did that. Yeah. Well, I guess you're right. Well, occasionally, sometimes my parents would take me. Uh, one time we saw a horrific accident. I delivered the Precipity Daily Record, which was an afternoon paper. And uh, so I would do, I would walk around and do it. And I had a bag. You know, you'd put the mm-hmm. papers, you'd fold them up, put them in the bag, and put the bag around your shoulder, and you'd go out on your paper route. And uh, I did that. And uh, occasionally my parents would uh, take me. One time we saw we saw an accident. We saw a girl get hit by a car mm. and fly like 40 feet in the air. I can still remember my mother screaming. We are at this beginning of the front of a four-way intersection. And it was a f- uh, Route 46, which is sort of like Bangor, 
where you can get going really good speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's sort of a freeway, but it's not because there's stoplights. And these girls were trying to get to the median, and one girl made it, and the other girl didn't. She got hit right in the hip and Ugh. flew the length of the intersection. Ugh. And I'm sitting there in the passenger seat. I'm like 12 years old. My mother, ah! I, I didn't know what to make of it. But uh, she was so shook up when we got home that they drove me on the paper route that day. And that rarely happened. Uh, and the girl ended up recovering, which was great news, obviously. So, But, yeah, the, a paper route. Could you imagine that? I would imagine somebody like him who's been in the business for all these years and is used to seeing your paper. It's got to be a big adjustment. These are the times in which we live, and you have to make those adjustments. All right, well, you got any great ideas? Perfect gift for Gordon. Let us know. Grab your phone, use the app, use the open mic, send us the audio, and uh, we'll see if y'all can get it on the air. Uh, you can hit us up also on Twitter today. We got the question of the day Is this a statement game? Monty saying for sure they are not going to want to lose again. Two out of three on this trip, three and three in their last six games. Statement game. You can't well, go to must in win. In my mind. That's too much. I, I, I didn't go to must win. No, I didn't go to must win. No, certainly not. I believe must wins. I can live with a must win uh, if you're down 2-0 in a postseason since no team has ever come back down 3-0. And obviously, uh, at, if the other team has three wins uh, in any form of uh, 3-0, 3-1, 3-2, whatever it is, that is a must-win, clearly. So I, I think those are the two situations. And I guess if you want to get in the playoffs and you uh, are a half game out or whatnot and you need to win that game or lose your season is done, those are must-wins. And obviously in the NCAA tournament, they're must-wins. Uh, so we understand that. But, yeah, I agree it's not a must-win. But Lacombe just called it a monu- monumental win if they get it. And the thing about this win, if they get it, is that it will – ease the sting of the prior two losses. And in my mind, it will ease the sting very easily, too. It's not a stretch and a reach to go in that direction because over the course of what is now a 72-game season, I could easily say you're going to be off minimum, minimum 10 games. Minimum 10 games. And so uh, you built in because no team's going to go 62 and 10 so it's that's 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 on the low side with the uh, 10 games being off but if you win this game then those other two losses that you just had on this trip don't seem nearly as bad even though they're still losses but that'll be just gigantic this is i agree with what tim was saying this is an opportunity to get a monumental win it really is it's a showcase game of the league and they'll probably lead with Brooklyn on ESPN and all that because they just go with uh, where there's a bigger population, uh, and they're gonna they're gonna trump up, and that's their game too on ESPN, Brooklyn and Houston. So of course they're gonna pump that up because they're in the entertainment business to make as much money as they possibly can. They're not really in the journalism business. The journalism is takes all uh, virtually any television show that classifies itself as a news show or a journalistic show, really, first and foremost, it's entertainment, and then the second. So I don't suspect, unless some phenomenal game that Donovan Mitchell has some great shot at the buzzer or whatnot, so they're probably going to pump up Brooklyn and Houston. But from a talent standpoint and record standpoint, this is the number one game in the league tonight, and probably this week since uh, this is it, 
I guess some teams play tomorrow before they shut down, though, right? Yak is nodding. I have not checked tomorrow's schedule. I'm not addicted yeah, to schedules do. the I, way I, you I are. I know. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, they usually do that, though. Wow, it's a turnabout. Oh, you, you thought that was funny. Apparently. I did. As a matter of fact, I did. Nate says everyone's got to keep in mind that the Jazz are the team to beat in the NBA at this point. Every single team has a circle on the schedule, and they bring it every night. That's part of being in first place. Now it's on us to up our game, and I have no doubt we will. Well, I'm, Jazz, you got to love that he's using the personal pronouns there. Yes. In the uh, present tense. But I, I don't think they're the team to beat in the NBA. I, I would disagree with that. Lakers, still the favorite. Yeah. Everyone and they're three. If you're just simply going on record, then yeah. I can't argue. But I don't ever just go on numbers, unlike you. <laughs> that was a David Locke laugh right there. <laughs> Yak pots you talk down. about turnabout so quickly. And <laughs> uh, you know, I, I guess others would be amazed, but personally, I'm not amazed at myself. <laughs> just routine. This is you being you. I just woke up the neighbors, probably. <laughs> dogs barking down the road. Speaking of dogs barking, yesterday I go outside after the show. You got a freaking canine, police canine, right in front of my house. Oh, really? What was going on? Excitement in the hood. Three hunt. law enforcement vehicles in my neighborhood. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, I realize I don't live in your neighborhood, but nevertheless, it's not what I expect when I walk out. We have law enforcement uh, in our neighborhood all the time. Right, because that... Uh, that Guy lives there three or talk, four doors away. No, that's privilege. <laughs> they patrol the high-end no, areas. they really don't. Speaking of privilege, that's what you get, of course. Dude lives there. Yeah. That's his abode. Uh, obviously, he's got the code to get past the gates. Uh, so... Good for you. Yeah, you're making stuff. Does he have the code to come across the moat? That was the big question. (laughs) Well, he has the fish to uh, distract the alligators. Gotcha. He has a a drone to lift himself across. He'll make it across somehow. (laughs) His drone grabs him by the shoulders. Three three cop cars, and one of them was uh, like an SUV, and it says canine with dog sniffers. What was going on? peaceful sandy neighborhood i uh, know they have a they have a chase well, that ended a, in your neighborhood no there was just across the uh other side of the street behind them is a commercial area and it's a grocery store and the word i got is there was i don't know some shoplifting or some type of deal i'm not sure exactly what was going on but uh there's this real little small park i mean it's like about as small as can be and they have a little, just a little basketball court. And so there's a chain link fence there. And apparently somebody was chased and hopped over the fence. And that's right across the uh-huh. street. And then, um, so the neighbor, one of, well, I got great neighbors. Just, it's just great neighbors for sure. Really love the neighbors. Most of them anyway. But uh, <laughs> last second downgrade. <laughs> Wait, I forgot about that one house. Yeah, know. see, then, then if then if word gets out, then they wonder, like, is that me? <laughs> you say you're doing this on purpose, just to, like, just yeah, to stir like the you, pot. You, t- you tell your if your wife ever says anything about you know your circle of friends. Oh, you really think she's well, whatever. And you say, sweetheart. I'm not attracted to any of my friends and our friends' wives. Except maybe one. 
And then that makes her think, okay, which one? But you never tell her which one it is, you know what I mean? You keep them guessing. It works that way. And uh, so one of the neighbors, the Stones, called the police, and they came out, and they thought that the, the uh, suspect who was proceeding northbound, uh, Easy. police information officer, uh, <laughs> that <laughs> might have been jumped watching, some fences. Been watching the noon and, show again? And my, <laughs> that's the way they talk. It's the way they've always talked. I know. They, they, they speak an official language. Um, and so they thought it might have been in the neighborhood uh, around us. So we were told, uh, uh, I usually have the, the uh, door open so the dog can go in and out. I probably shouldn't say that on the radio, but uh, I quickly shut the door just in case. Uh, although the dog probably would have scared him anyway. If it were me, I wouldn't have. Hopped into a fence uh, where there's a dog, a yard where there's a dog. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, that was that was startling when I went out to see the canine and see the police dog out there uh, doing something. Uh, Excitement in the canine Cali- neighborhood. This isn't this isn't California where almost every night, literally, you saw police helicopters. I mean, that's just just the way it was. Yeah, <laughs> it really is, and people don't. <laughs> They don't know that or get that. It's so weird not having that here. Here you hear the life flight helicopters sometimes. but Yeah. I have a friend who lived down uh, a few miles away from me in California. And uh, he used to pick up a chase. He had a, uh, a townhouse. It literally ended the chase on the property that he had. <laughs> they. So he's watching this whole thing unfold in his townhome uh, right below him, this whole nasty deal. And when he had his first child, they put a uh, sign out, it's a boy, and the sign got graffitied. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Life in California, a little bit different than here. And ironically, after we moved, he moved up here too. <laughs> so, all right, DJ and PK, it's ninety-seven five at twelve eighty. The Zone coming up. Yogi Roth, Pac-12 Network analyst, is going to join us in about twenty minutes. The Pac-12 schedule is out. The Utes not playing Power Five teams. Stanford playing nothing but Power Five teams. SC getting a bye right before Notre Dame conference. Trying to help itself with a big win, PK. We'll get to all of that with Yogi Roth coming up in 20 minutes. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. The Jazz lose last night to the Pelicans. The Jazz at the defensive end could not get the job done, and they paid the price with an L. The Jazz did not have more than three consecutive stops the entire game until there was four minutes left to go. During that 16-3 run to cut it to one, the Jazz made nine stops on 12 possessions. Wow. As much as we focus on the Jazz when they miss shots, when they don't D up properly, that is the real downfall of this team. When they decided, let's buckle down here, we may have a shot at this one. Boy, it turned around pretty quick, didn't it? That really does tell you everything you need to know about last night's game. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. My prediction for the game against the Sixers is that the Jazz will allow a ton of easy layups and Rudy will be nowhere to be found. I think a perfect gift for Gordon would be a coffee mug that says, I only have one Porsche. 
Use the open mic. Grab our... Grab your phone, use our app, use the open mic feature, send us your audio or take. Gordon's birthday today. What do you get the guy who has everything other than, you know, a two-hour show? <laughs> Jazz pregame at 4 o'clock today, tip-off at 5, so the big show will just go for two hours. And then Gordon will be out, and Tim will be in, and it'll be on to the Jazz pregame show. A Porsche, huh? Yeah, he does have a lot of cars by his house. I mean, that's a good thing. When I want to get some exercise, I go over to his house because I have to park like two miles away because he's got all the cars out there. Keep them coming, PK. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And the house, my goodness. I, if I really want to get some exercise, I run through the house. <laughs> got an indoor track? <laughs> Going north to south on that, baby. That'll take you a while. I call it the Monsonian Institute. You have called it that. <laughs> and he really appreciates that, if I remember correctly. Climbing all those stairs. Oh, okay, PK. It's <laughs> the couple times that I've been there and the elevator doesn't work. Man, that'll get you into shape. But, hey, nothing wrong with being affluent. I wish I was. I, I wish I was like you guys. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That'd be awesome. You really want me to... Not blow your cover, don't you? What cover? <laughs> yeah, no cover. <laughs> okay. Nudge, nudge, Paycheck is why I live in Utah. <laughs> I'm freaking week to week. I just got a $13,000 tax bill, and you're talking to me about cover? Mm, why is that? Got to have it to get taxed that? there, big guy. No, that's not <laughs> it at all. You don't know nothing about taxes. I got a big TV. Yeah, look at you. Jeez, I squint to watch you my saved TV. To school you saved the school six hundred thousand. Thought we were beating up on Gordon. What is this yacht? <laughs> I always have these ones at the ready, though. You feed me Trevor Booker, and then this. What does the nine o'clock hour hold? Oh, just wait. <laughs> okay, let's beat up on Gordon if you want to do something unusual. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Gordon. It's Gordon Monson's birthday today, if you missed it. So. Well, I think what do you that, get the guy who has everything? Well, what do we get the people, <clears throat> excuse me, in honor of Gordon's birthday? And I think it's got to be, in its entirety, the question. Oh. <laughs> do we have that kind of time? We got Yogi Roth coming up. That's a shot right there. That's a good one. Yeah, well, the question, <laughs> the, the funniest thing about the question, and no one will ever appreciate, neither you or I heard it live. We were told about it at the same time. We were in a luxury suite at a jazz game. It was when we were working for Simmons, and they had a suite, and so hosts had to go rotate through and host different nights. So it was you and I's night to be up there uh, meeting whoever the people were that won the tickets on the air because we give away tickets huh? on the air. And so we're there early. And, uh, and one of our coworkers comes in and tells us the most hilarious thing happened. This player got confused and gave a terrible answer. And so, and so he told us about it. We're like, huh. And then later we heard it. And we're like, wait a minute. The answer is not the point of this. The question is the point of this. All right, Yach. Yach's got it. Fire it up, Yach. Make it happen. Interesting, your, your sort of uh, transformation from your junior year in college to your senior year when you really started to turn it on, but only on a part-time basis. 
And, and a lot of times I was, I'd be watching the game and I'd be thinking, man, I, you know, if he got all the carries, I mean, the numbers would be astounding, but maybe you got more yards because you were a little fresher that way. I don't know. And now you're ready. I talked with you during the season, and now you're on the edge, on the brink of fulfilling a childhood dream of going to the NFL. I mean, uh, you may be nervous and you may be a little anxious, crazy. a little uh, uncertain as to where you're going to go, but can you characterize the feelings that are going through your mind? Uh, you know, how you hanging on? Where are you? I'm in uh, San Bernardino right now. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a long time. That's good. You know, how you hanging on? Where are you? I'm in uh, San Bernardino right now. <laughs> San Bernardino. That has withstood the test of time. <laughs> that's, All right, that's fellas, like I'm going to do a hurl. <laughs> it's like Frank singing New York, New York. I mean, a hundred years from now, that'll still be worth playing. <laughs> Do you have more Gordon drops in there? I didn't. I didn't know the. Uh, I'm going to go hurl now. You got. You got an array. <laughs> These are in my array. I know Austin has got a bazillion of them. So give me a second. Here. Okay, okay. Yeah. Whatever you got. I remember one time we had Gordon and Craig Bolajek on. Uh, so the four of us are on. They're both on phone. And they they decided to go to they were going at it for some reason. It was back over at the over Trolley Square, so we're going way back. And uh, so Craig says to Gordon, "Oh, why don't you go to San Bernardino?" And Gordon responds, "Why don't you go to hell?" <laughs> that was a, that was awesome. <laughs> Bowler attack mode. I know. I, I have no idea what the argument was about, but I just remember those two, that line from each of them. Well, if if Bowler felt the need to go attack mode, my guess is he was getting beat up on the Magic Stockton thing. Oh, okay, maybe it was. Yeah, that, I don't was, know. Yeah. I don't remember either, but with Bowler, that's the one thing that gets him going. Yeah. You could talk to Bowler about other stuff, and he just rolls with it. But for whatever reason, pound for pound. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, Yogi Roth is going to join us, Pac-12 Network Analyst. The schedule is out. Big games, big interconference games. Chance for the Pac-12 to uh, start rebuilding its rep. Believe it or not, the conference used to have a great rep. Not so much right now. But back in the day, PK, but things have changed. So when do they start digging out of the hole? Is this the year? And the schedule is out, advantages and disadvantages built into it. We'll talk Pac-12 football with Yogi Roth coming up next.